This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by investigative reporter Brian Chasnoff. He joins the show to talk about his latest investigative piece on rock quarries in the Texas Hill Country. Welcome back to the show, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Luis. So let, let's talk about this story. It's it's a pretty in-depth story. Can you just give me a quick overview? I don't know if that's possible with how, um, how sprawling this is. Right. It, it is quite sprawling, but so is the Texas Hill Country, and that's the region that we're looking at. Of course, there, there are rock quarries across the entire state of Texas. There are more than uh, 1,000 quarries. And these are operations, industrial oper- operations, where operators uh, clear away the trees, and then they blast into the earth to excavate rock. Uh, and the rock is used for the construction of, of new roads and home homes. And of course, uh, these days with uh, about a thousand people moving to Texas every day, uh, a lot a lot of new roads and a lot of new homes are, are, are needed. So this industry is booming right now. And when you look in the Texas Hill Country, now there's all, there's all different kinds of rock that are that are quarried, um, uh, limestone, caliche, sand, gravel, etc. cetera. Uh, but in the Texas Hill Country, it's primarily limestone, which is a, a key ingredient in cement. So um, the, the Hill Country has quite a few quarries, uh, 142 to be exact. Yeah, this is no small business. I think you mentioned that it's a $10 billion industry that, that we've got going on here with the quarries. So I guess what I want to ask is, is where you started with, how do you get tipped off into a story like this and where does it actually begin? Sure. So I was tasked with exploring development in the Hill Country because anyone can see that uh, subdivisions are springing up left and right across Texas, but um, also throughout the, the Hill Country where, where uh, resources are, are being stressed, you know, water and so forth. And, and the Hill Country is, is especially treasured region for, for Texans. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Anyone who's been there would know that. There's, you know, natural springs, striking rock formations, rivers, creeks, rolling hills. When you look at, at what some of these quarries actually do in the Hill Country, you know, the, these operations can stretch for literally thousands of acres. So they're huge. And they work night and day, uh, setting off controlled blasts, uh, you know, loosening the limestone to to crush it and sort it into piles to be sold. It's, uh, this produces a lot of dust into the air. It's, it's, very, it's a very noisy operation. And also what we found was uh, these quarries often operate next to rivers and creeks. And one of the biggest issues that, that I came across when I first dived into the issue was 
there's a lot of sediment that can potentially spill from these sites into waterways. And now the, the TCEQ, the Texas Commission on, on Environmental Quality, is uh, you know regulates these these quarries. The the TCEQ gives them permits to to operate, uh, air permits primarily, but uh, there are also rules regarding stormwater. So these quarries are required to capture water and treat it and and make sure that it's uh, clean enough to be discharged into waterways such as rivers and creeks. But what we found, and here's the crux of my investigation, the crux of the project is that certain quarries, not all of them, but certain quarries would commit the same violations again and again, despite the fact that the TCEQ would come and investigate a, a complaint. For example, someone complained that sediment was was spilling into the Colorado River and causing the opposite riverbank to erode where, where homes line, line the riverbank, you know, potentially dangerous situation. The TCEQ would come and investigate the complaint, uh, cite the quarry for a particular violation, and then a year later, two years later, whatever, the, the same violation would occur again at the exact same quarry, um, which raises the question, is the state's compliance process sufficient to make sure that these quarries are not repeatedly polluting, whether that's uh, hazardous dust being spewed into the air or you know harmful sediment flowing into rivers and creeks. So who who's making the complaints to the uh, TCEQ? Uh, that, that usually it's citizens, uh, uh, residents who live near these quarries, and that's that's a big part of the uh, project is just a big part of the issue is that, you know, some of these quarries have been around for a long time. For example, Hanson Servtex quarry in Garden Ridge had, has existed since for nearly a century, since 1936. And, uh, the city of Garden Ridge didn't incorporate until the 1970s. So that, that's an example of a quarry that, that existed. And then the population has just boomed around it and people have moved in around it. But then on the other hand, you have citizens often, people who are living out in the in the unincorporated parts of Texas in the county who have have you know homesteads out there that their families have lived there for half a century and then a quarry will suddenly appear next to their property and they'll have to deal with dust falling onto their their homes blanketing their homes sometimes like snow they say and uh, and other potentially hazardous uh, things that that despoil the the beauty of the hill country one of the things that really stuck out to me from from your piece is it's even though a lot of the stuff is reported when you go and check official records they're gone after a year and a lot of the times it'll show like no activity in terms of what a quarry has been cited so what kind of recourse if any do these homeowners have or, or is there is that kind of the point of the the story is that to, to just highlight that this has been going on for a while. So, uh, so without anyone complaining, the TCEQ will inspect a site once every two years and in its first six years of operation. And then after that, once every three years, which, uh, you know, is, is not a, not a lot of inspections, but on the other hand, if, if a resident complains about a site that will trigger an investigation and the TCEQ will come out and, and, and see if the, the complaint can be substantiated. How did you find people to interview for this and people who had complained? Like I'm, I'm thinking like Kathleen Wilson. So that was 
somewhat difficult from a reporting standpoint because the TCEQ redacts the names of complainants from its investigation reports. Um, so literally what I did uh, in the case of Kathleen Wilson was I, I drove out to Blanco County where I knew that there was a quarry that seemed to be repeatedly committing violations. Uh, in this case, it was the West Henley site that was uh, repeatedly spilling sediment into Flat Creek, which is a creek that leads to the Perdinalis River in the hill country. So I, I literally just drove out to that area and drove up and down the road looking for people, for homes. One time I knocked on a door and then I looked behind me and I saw that a, a, a vicious dog was not happy that I was knocking on the door. So I got back in the car and drove away. I'm sure a lot of reporters can relate to that. You know, occasionally if you stick to it long enough, you get lucky. And I, I feel like I, you know, Kathleen Wilson was a great, her, her story was a great illustration of the problem. She's a woodworking artist. She lives out in uh, Blanco County, the gorgeous, gorgeous stretch of the hill country, just hills everywhere. You know, Flat Creek is there and she runs a a bed and breakfast. It's, it's eco-friendly. She's, she's a nature loving person. She's planted native trees and shrubs on this 15 acres that, uh, she and her late husband purchased, uh, decades ago, you know, just a few years ago in 2016, this quarry rock quarry opened up at near the headwaters of the Creek. And suddenly Kathleen started to see that the, the surface of the Creek was covered with dust uh, and dust was falling on her property so that she had to, she had to clean the dust off of property uh, before her guests came to the bed and breakfast. And the Creek uh, changed. Um, it became murky uh, before it was clear. Uh, it was flowing just a few miles away from its headwaters, but now it was suddenly murky and wasn't as pristine as it once was. So let me ask you, how long were you working on this or how long have you been chasing this story? This I've been working on since, um, maybe it's been a few months. I'm thinking May, maybe May or June. I, I, I'd go with four months. Wow. And how do you stay organized? Are you a person who writes down everything? Are you dictating everything to your phone? How, how do you work on a piece this of this magnitude? That's a good question. Um, I, I requested dozens and dozens of documents from the TCEQ. And so I had to put them all somewhere. And Dropbox is a great organizational tool that I use again and again. Um, I have multiple Google Docs that are with headings that, you know, air quality, water quality, just so I can stay organized. You know, you develop uh, you, your own method. But, you know, I, I used to be the kind of guy that printed everything out. But uh, considering that this is a, an environmental piece, I just I thought <laughs> I'd be a little... No, I've stopped printing things out. Now I just uh, I just collect them uh, virtually on in, in Dropbox. How do you feel now that you're coming towards the end of this piece, having worked on it so long? You, I mean, you regularly work on, on investigative reports, probably even longer than this one. How, what are your emotions as you're going through it? Are you stressed? Is it, how do you feel now that the piece is going to be, you know, shown to the public? I would call it a, a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, so you start out with a, a vague idea of what you're doing and probably the most stressful part of the whole thing is when you don't have an angle yet, but you know, you have to write about development in the hill country and, and you, you, you're not sure how you're going to approach it. Uh, and slowly that comes into focus and then you, you have to make, you have to make some key decisions as to what are you actually going to focus on? What is interesting enough? What angle would yield 
surprising insights that people might not know about. Uh, you know, and another aspect of this is quarries have been written about before mm-hmm. by, by other publications. So that, that was another pressure, you know, to come up with a, create a, a product that is new, um, that other reporters have not, and not just repeat what other reporters have already done and shine a light on the problem in a way that folks who might be feel jaded about it and who have, you know, think they've, they've heard everything they need to hear about it might look at what I uncover and, and, and see it in a different light and maybe realize that it's a, a bigger problem than they, than they thought it was. So w- once you get that angle down, then it's just a matter of, of going out and driving around and, you know, asking for the right documents, submitting public information requests, finding the real people behind the issue. So you're not just, cause these, these, uh, investigation reports, that are produced by the TCEQ are very technical. And so you, you can't just write a story off of, uh, you know, report. What would you say the most challenging aspect of tackling a piece like this? Is it going out and trying to find people to interview for this, especially since like a lot of stuff is redacted? I think that probably varies per reporter, but for me, um, it's probably the technical aspect of, of aspects of the story, the, the science-based aspects of it. You know, I, I'm comfortable talking to people and, and, you know, knocking on doors and, and asking people to open up and, and listening. And, and I'm also comfortable, uh, asking government agencies for information and, collecting data and stuff like that. But when it comes to the, you know, the science behind, for example, how rivers uh, are affected by sediment or how, you know, what, what types of particulate matter are hazardous and why are they hazardous and in what concentrations. And uh, when a, when a quarry is granted an air permit by the TCEQ, what does it have to, uh, what is it required to do in order to get that permit? Uh, that's some, you know, pretty technical bureaucratic stuff that's critical for me to understand, uh, if I am going to be taking a critical look at whether or not the TCEQ is doing a, a, a good job in protecting rivers and creeks and and the air that Texans breathe. All right, Brian, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you going into detail on uh, into your reporting. Thanks. Thanks, Luis. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this, man.